0: couple of funny things that I remembered about uh, Father's Day um, <coughs> these interviews some children uh, and they asked these uh, they asked this little kid uh, what Father's Day was if they knew what Father's Day. yeah it's the, it's the day where you buy uh, a present like on Mother's Day, but you don't have to spend as much) <laughs> <laughs> And then and then, so they were shopping, and they said, they asked the little boy if he knew what a wallet was. He said, "Yeah, he said that's the thing that dads carry. They keep the kids' pictures in there where they used to have their money <laughs> <laughs> and I heard another one that uh about about a father and son who, one time the father took off of work and he took the son fishing and they spent a whole day on the lake and, and it was hot and they didn't catch anything. And the father had written down in his journal, spent the whole day fishing, caught nothing, a whole day wasted. And later on, When the the child was grown and moved away, you know how sometimes they usually leave all they can behind. They pick and choose when they move and leave all their stuff at home. (laughs) Well, they found the boy's journal in the drawer, and the, the father found it and opened it to that same passage, that same day, except the boy's testimony was, spent the whole day fishing with my dad, the greatest day of my life, the... Decline of American culture, we blame on the family a lot, and I would even point the finger at us dads even more so. Um, And that's a sad thing. And the church is uh, really in need of a few good men, just like the Marine Corps. (laughs) And uh, we'll begin to see things turn around if we can get the godly men to stand up in this nation. Amen. But I want to say Father, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Happy Father's Day. I want to turn to uh, Luke chapter 15, familiar passage of Scripture, uh, starting at the 11th verse, Luke 15:11. I'll begin to read at the 11th verse of the 15th chapter of Luke. This is known as the the parable of the prodigal son, the sinner and the running father. He's got lots of names. And he said, There was a man who had two sons. The story was told by Jesus. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, "'Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command, "'yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. "'But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, "'you killed the fattened calf for him?' "'And he said to him, "'Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. "'It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead.' and is alive he was lost and is found we may not we may not have had a good experience with fathers in this world I for one didn't I never know my father my wife very similar she knew him briefly and but Not a good experience. Some of us had stepfathers and even in those situations sometimes not good remembrances. Others had good fathers and so it's good to draw on that. But it's harder and harder to find a good example of a loving and caring father in our culture. And this is sad. Uh, Many of us Continued on in that same line. And perpetuated the same things that we had grown to hate. Beca- becoming those things. And not serving well. As fathers ourselves. <clears throat> but. I want to read. 1 John 3.1 to you. It says. Behold what manner of love the father. Has bestowed upon us. That we should be called the children of God. Therefore. The world knows us not because it knew him not. In this crazy, political, mixed-up, lost world, you need to know that you do have a Father in heaven who loves you. A perfect, all-powerful, all-knowing, eternal Father in heaven. He loves you very much. And just as this Father loved the prodigal son, the sinner... He also loved the self-righteous Son. And so your Father in heaven loves you too. He loves everyone. This is an important message in this day and time. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Amen. Acts 10, 34 and 35, and Peter spoke and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. In other words, he doesn't play favorites. But in every nation, every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. And we know that this scripture doesn't stand alone. That's assuming, of course, that they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We have to remember that the battle is not against flesh and blood. It's so easy to get confused in, the, in, this, in these times in which we live. God wants to save all people. 1 Timothy 2.4 says that he desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants to forgive the sinner and the self-righteous. Romans 3.22 says, And this righteousness from God that we have, it comes from faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no distinction, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God loves everyone. It's his desire that all should be saved no matter what denomination or nationality or culture or religion because all of the religions of the world other than faith in Jesus Christ alone are deceptions. What better thing could happen to someone who's deceived than for them to come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved? And God wants to use us. He wants to use you. We are to love with the love that He first loved us. So He's the example, and by grace He provides the power and ability to do just that. But it takes practice, and it has to be done on purpose. God bless. Second Peter, the first. Chapter, the first verse, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have, who have obtained a faith of equal standing or like precious faith, he described in the King James, with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So the grace and the peace that we love and seek after so much are directly correlated to the understanding and the knowledge that we have of our Lord Jesus Christ. But Peter goes on and says his divine power has granted already. Given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We, we are well equipped. Fully loaded. Just like the cars my wife likes me to drive. <laughs> if you knew the truth. All the bells and whistles I have to get on a vehicle is just for one thing. Just for one thing. The heated passenger seat. (laughs) That's all she cares about. (laughs) But as believers, we are fully equipped. All things pertaining to life and godliness have been given to us. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. All the promises in God. Or yes and amen in Christ. Amen? Amen. So that through them, through the promises, you become partakers of the divine nature. You have the very nature of God in you now, having escaped from the corruption that is in this world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. These are things you're adding, you're practicing, you're doing on purpose. To your faith, virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. This is knowledge of God and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfast and firm and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. The faith that is called for in the Christian life is so closely intertwined with love that they cannot be separated. Matter of fact, love is the litmus test for true faith. Amen. Nothing else matters. Paul said except faith expressing itself through love. The new creation that which is you operating in faith through love. And it says for if these qualities are yours and are increasing Remember, they're full-blown and full-grown in your born-again spirit. But to get them out into this soulish realm, your mind, will, and emotions, which is being renewed by the washing of the water of the Word with the help of the Holy Spirit, to come into agreement with that born-again man in your spirit, it takes practice. So they're increasing as you practice. It's like a muscle gets bigger as with use. They keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. We don't ever want to forget what God has done for us. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. And if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. How simple. Grace and truth have come through Jesus Christ. God wants to save everyone. Muslims, gays, the self-righteous, the sinner, the greedy, the sexually immoral, the unforgiving, the unholy. As long as there is life, there is hope. That's where we differentiate from other religions who want to judge and prosecute and carry out punishment in this life. We don't believe in that. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. John and James wanted to call down fire on a village one time that rejected them and Jesus. And he said, no, no. They wanted to do what Elijah had done in the Old Testament. He said, no, no. You don't know what manner of spirit. Everything has changed now. Jesus has come. Grace and And truth, this church age of mercy and love, opportunity, second, third, fifth, tenth chances. The ones arguing back and forth these days, truthfully, the majority of them are lost. Both sides. Both sides. You may effectively have to choose one side of the political arena in this country just to stay anywhere near biblical requirements of your faith. And I think you do. But it doesn't mean that God's a Democrat or a Republican. (laughs) Because their motivations are usually wrong, both sides. I can't go into this because... It'll take a long time. The rest of our life. It's not. It's simple. It's simple. But <clears throat> to get it through. And everything then do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the essence of the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the way that leads to life. And only a few find it. You hear people talk about not wanting to be in line on the judgment day. And there's two lines, one for the sheep and one for the goats. And the sheep are going into heaven. The goats are going to hell. And this will be the reality of things. And they don't want to look over into the goat line and see somebody that they knew looking over at them and asking, why didn't you tell me? It's just the lines as we see them in our imagination as I've just described them are not going to be like that at all. There's going to be a very small single file line over here going in and a gigantic rush of traffic jam on the busy freeway going to hell. That's the reality that Jesus himself spoke. The road, the path, To life is narrow. Only a few find it, he said. We have work to do. Jesus said the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. We have to let our light shine. People come to me all the time telling about the devil... Oh, I just have to feel the devil, the de- demonic, everything's devil. The devil's doing this. Listen, the devil's been defeated. When we acknowledge him so much and talk about him and give him so much credit, oh, he loves that. And it empowers him to do more. A lot of the things we blame on the devil is really just the flesh. And, and even when he is involved, darkness... What happens when you flip the light switch on in a dark room? The darkness flees. That's how it's supposed to be with us. If it's all demonic in a place. And when you get there. Everything ought to change. The devil. Is afraid of you. But you need to realize who you are. And what you've got. The story of the prodigal son today. Is as much about the self-righteous son. As it is the one in sin. You see sin can be an action, or an attitude. And these both boys were in sin. The prodigal had repented and coming back, we don't know what either one of them did next. I like to think they both got it right, but we just don't know. But the good kids and the bad kids need forgiveness and love. Which one do you associate with today? Both, maybe? Maybe. In either case, I hope you can see your need for the love and forgiveness of your Father in Heaven. Because we all do. The focus of this story today is really the long-suffering and loving Father on this Father's Day. It's a picture of your Father in Heaven who loves you so much. How do you envision your Father in Heaven So many people have a beautiful picture of Jesus, so loving and kind and peaceful. But then they think of the Father in heaven as this mean old man just waiting to throw a lightning bolt at them if they step out of line. Listen, all three persons of the Trinity, and they are separate persons, but they are all the same. Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father do. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. God is not some mean old man who's waiting to get you. Matter of fact, He welcomes you into His presence. <laughs> we can come boldly now. Why would, why would the Holy Spirit allow that in His book? That we can now, because of what Jesus has done, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. That means right into the throne room of God where no man ever, ever, ever before Jesus went. Only one priest... Once per year. Because they were allowed by God to go in. To make atonement for the rest of the nation. And they would tie a rope around his leg. In case there was any unknown sin in his life. And they had to drag him out. Because nobody could go in to get him. We can run boldly in there now. Daddy. Abba. Here's my need. Here's my hurt. Jesus said if you've seen me. You've seen the Father. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. No respecter of persons. If he did it for one, he'll do it for you. Approximately 25,000 words recorded in the Bible that Jesus spoke. And many of these were about our Father in heaven. He taught about the Father over 180 times in Scripture. I'm going to cut this short today. But you need to know that you have a, an Abba, a father, a daddy in heaven who loves you, who cares and provides for you. He teaches you. He laughs and cries with you. No matter how far you've wandered off, he will never forsake you. Think of the prodigal son. The prodigal son asked... Asked something that was unheard of before the father died to, to divide up the inheritance. He wasn't even the older son. He was the younger. He may as well have said, I wish you were dead. The father did it. He went off and he spent it on prostitutes and drinking and partying and all these other crazy things. He had to get a job. He couldn't even make ends meet. He came back with some wild story of how he was just going to get back in as a servant because it was better for him he was still just thinking of himself but the father was watching waiting for him saw him a long way off he had to be watching and he ran to him in the culture and times in which this was written it was undignified for that father to even run you know he ran to that boy and embraced him. He put, he put a ring. That's like a signet ring. That's a ring of authority. A robe signifies his righteousness, a right standing with his father. That's you. The authority. Put the shoes on his feet. Remember, he told, God told Moses, take your shoes off. It's holy ground. He loves you. He loves you. I get so frustrated with preachers that preach this angry gospel and cause people to run from God and to feel condemned. And Yes, God wants us to live holy because He's holy. He wants us in fellowship and righteousness because that's right standing with Him. He doesn't want us feeling condemned. He doesn't want our conscience defiled. And He's empowered us to overcome every obstacle of sin and oppression in this life. But we are to never run from Him. Jesus has made a way that His blood continually washes us if we continue to go to Him with our problems and and have godly sorrow for anything that we've done. Jesus also taught about a bad father, the devil. And he said that everyone ever born, everyone ever born of Adam, before Jesus came, is born a sinner. They have a sin nature. And it's only removed from them when when they receive Jesus and and the nature of God comes in. Then we don't have a dual nature. That's wrong. But all the people that The hatred of the world is back and forth and pointing the finger and accusing and hating all these people. It's just because they have the devil's nature still. They were born with it. And until they hear the gospel, who knows how they're going to respond. They could just be looking for you. It doesn't matter what nationality or religion they claim. If they're Jewish, ask them, when's the last time you made an animal sacrifice? Because if you haven't, you're in trouble. You need Jesus. If they're Muslim, say, Jesus can't be one of your prophets and a good man, as you described, because he's either God or he's a liar. He wants to save them all. He did it for you. And he's no respecter of person. If you're born again, if you've truly yielded your life and made Jesus Christ your Savior and Lord, then your Father is God in heaven and he loves you. You're not like those men born with that sin nature anymore. Your Father is not the devil any longer. You were, but you're not anymore. Praise God. We pray for fathers everywhere today. Go ahead, Chris. If you have a father, I pray for you. That you will honor that father. And be a blessing to them as Jesus is the perfect example of this. If you are a father, my prayer for you is that you humble yourself and recognize your need and total dependence on your father in heaven in order to be the father and godly man he created you to be and for all of you I pray that you grow closer to your father which is in heaven that you put your total trust and confidence in him knowing that he loves you and he cares for you I pray that you begin to seek him and grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ fill yourself with the word of God that you may not be deceived so you'll be able to walk in agreement with with Jesus and be partaker of the manifest blessings he's provided for you for this life and the next it'll be helpful to you and everyone you know if you'll do this I speak a blessing over each and every one of you. That the grace of God be multiplied. That the peace of God be multiplied in your life. And that he began to supernaturally help you to have understanding of his ways and his love. That you would love him even more and grow closer to him as the days go by because you surely will need him more and more. And there's nothing he wants more than to be right there with you every step of the way. Father, we thank you that you are such a good father and you love us. Thank you that you will never leave us or forsake us. Thank you that you love everyone and that you have hope that everyone will turn to you and be saved. We know not everyone will, Father, but we don't know who they are. Help us just to try and reach everyone in the limited time that we have here. And help us to live for you and with you in love and peace. In Jesus' name.